Welcome to Unapologetic Live. I'm your host, Amla Epinobi, and today is what, Wednesday, right? Is, is that right? <laughs> Scott, is that It's correct? Wednesday, yes. It, it, okay, it is Wednesday. I'm, I'm losing my days. But you know what day I know it is? I know it's June 1st, which signals the beginning of Pride Month. Woo! We're here, we're queer, get used to it, ladies and gentlemen. June is has been deemed to be Pride Month, meaning that during this month, uh, June 1st to June 30th, we are meant to celebrate all of our LGBTQ plus uh, members in our society. Now, we're going to talk about Pride Month. I put out a community post today asking you guys how you felt about it. Did you think it was necessary? And you guys answered. We will get to what you said and read some of your comments down the line during this show. But I view Pride Month very similarly to how I view Black History Month. I think it's completely unnecessary. It is not needed. We do not need to be celebrating LGBT people during uh, these next 30 days, and you should have no obligation to do so, which you don't. What's the, it's the great thing about living in the country that we live in. You don't have to do anything that you uh, don't want to. But I don't think it's necessary. Much like how I view Black History Month, it seems as though we've relegated ourselves to these certain identity markers of sexuality, of gender, of race, of class, and we're going, okay, for this month we'll celebrate this one and cheer them on, and the next month we'll cheer on the next one, and the next one we'll cheer on the next one, and it's so unnecessary. And in fact, it, it I think, promotes more of a divide than we need. Can everybody just lead their lives and we don't have to have specific days or months designated to anybody for any reason, uh, especially these superficial identity markers. But no, here we are in 2022 and we are still celebrating Pride Month, which means we're going to go through this cycle of all these corporations and companies coming out with their woke virtue signal ads. We'll react to some of those today. And everybody's going to change their Twitter icons to little rainbows or the trans flag or whatever new flag iteration we come up with in uh, the days to come. And they'll get cheered on and patted on the back for it and they get to feel good and they get to feel like they're an ally to a marginalized community during the month of June. If you ask me, really Pride Month is less about... The all of these months are less about the people that you are supposedly celebrating or uplifting and more about being able to say, look at me. I am such a good person because I said the thing on the day I was supposed to say it and my corporation did the same thing on the month that they were supposed to say it and everybody changed their username and post their black square. It's, it's, it's the same thing as posting a black square on your Instagram. It effectively does nothing to uh, move the dial or affect any sort of change and you get to show everybody that you did it and that's such a wonderful thing and we get to all pat ourselves on the back. Yay, hooray for us. So that's generally how I feel about Pride Month. As far as I know people are probably going to ask in the comments as far as homosexuality and how people feel about their sexual. I do not care. <laughs> you can date whoever you want to date. You can have your persuasion lean wherever uh, it, it leans. I don't care. But in saying I don't care, I also mean that I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> And in the month of June, that is seemingly all we're going to hear about, not only from woke America, but from woke corporate America. And we're going to go through some of the ads and, and look at what people are putting out now that it's June 1st. And now that we've all, you know, gotten our little horn at the starting line and we can all start running for, for Pride Month, we can all come out and start posting our flags. 
I, I, I want to start off. You know what? I'll start off with the least ridiculous one, and then we'll go more and more and more <laughs> ridiculous. This one's from North Face. North Face is now launching their Summer of Pride campaign. Nature lets you be who you are. Even gay. Hi! Whoa, for a second there, I thought that nature didn't allow for people to be gay. For a second there, I thought that it was like illegal to be gay or something with how much I'm hearing about it. You would think that gay people in this country have absolutely no rights. And this is just like some major revolution that we're all responding to and being a part of now that it's June. That's what you would think. You would think that this is like a new civil rights movement. If you are not from America, looking at all these different corporations and all these people on the internet talking about how proud they are to like people of the same sex or how proud they are to be confused about their gender that's what you would think like from a bird's eye view anyway i only got seven seconds into this with with uh, uh without you know going in and pausing but here we go ladies and gentlemen you are cordially invited to the summer of pride with my friends at the north face we're traveling all the gay across america and everyone's invited that means you and you? Hello. And you? Wow. Not you though, you're too cute. Okay, just kidding, you can come. Put on your boots and come out. Okay. Side with <sighs> come out, side with us. I, I've, I've already seen this luckily, and if you guys, uh, you guys know I have a short of this on my page reacting to it, but it's just so much for nothing like we're fine everybody's fine with it like you can date who you want to date we're totally cool like we're not going to come and and uh attack you or or scream at you or anything like that it's cool dude like i don't i don't need to hear about it all the time and the ladies and gentle thems <sighs> i'm getting tired i'm getting actually tired <laughs> <laughs> I'm all, having to all the gay across the country yeah we're bringing all we're traveling all the gay across the country as if you haven't already achieved that have we we're gonna look later at the rates of people uh specifically young people and like gen z age uh americans who are identifying as lgbtq plus you know the whole acronym these days uh it's astronomical <laughs> it's like insane how many young people are identifying with the lgbtq plus community and it's probably because you've already been successful in traveling the gay across america you've already done it we've already achieved it it's literally everywhere and for the most part people are okay with it and nobody's coming and saying you don't need to have no rights in this country no more nobody's doing that Nobody, for the, for the most part, I'm, I'm sure there are very small, there's a small group of small-minded people who are like, I can't stand it when people like people who they like. And those people exist, sure, fine. I don't know why I did a Southern accent. I'm sorry to all of you guys who are from the South. I'm literally from the South, so uh, you can take that as you will. But that's few and far between. And now we are just like, throwing it in the face of everybody all the time so much so that it's not even like it's not even niche anymore like it's not crazy to come out of the closet anymore in america it's just like normal it's like okay yeah i was waiting i didn't know if it was going to be now or next month or the month after that we we were curious when you're going to come out and people go okay that's cool go and live your life but we still run with this narrative it's like the same thing 
with feminism. It's the same thing with racism in America. Even though we've achieved nearly all of the progress that we've set out to achieve when it comes to these social issues that we uh, have experienced in the past in this country. Even though men and women are nearly completely equal, or you could even go as far as to say women are held above men in our society, even though people of color like myself and others are completely equal uh, legally, socially, all, all the ways you want to talk about, we still run with the narrative as if this is an oppressed, marginalized group. I'm sorry. You're not oppressed anymore. In fact, you are you are so far from oppressed that coming out and identifying as one of these many letters in this acronym is good for you. And it actually helps you and it boosts your opportunities in this country. So I'm confused as to why we are acting like that is not the case. Yeah, um, they've achieved escape velocity in society already. Right. Um, and it's it's weird that June is still uh, Pride Month, and I feel I, I wonder I wonder if the gay community um, is a little frustrated or annoyed that their their time their month uh -huh. uh, has been sort of commandeered by right. the many other letters that are in that entire acronym. Um, it, it doesn't seem like it's what we were originally talking about. Right now, it's just out there. I'll even go even farther than that. I think there are people, you know, the L and the G, maybe even the B, the lesbian, the gay, the bisexual. <clears throat> I think there are even people in that group who are like, I didn't want the month to begin with. Like, you're not even stepping on my time because it's time that I didn't want. All I wanted was to say, yo, I'm a girl dating a girl or I'm a boy dating a boy and you guys were cool with that. And I, I can maybe go get married. <laughs> I think that's for the most part what people wanted and then we got that and then it was like oh no we have to do more because there's always more I, I say this all the time you can always achieve all of the asks that they put on their list and as soon as you're finished with those asks they will add more and more and more and more because it's never enough and when they've achieved everything that is within the the scope of reality they'll jump out of the scope of reality and then tell you that you need to submit to their delusion. And that is where we are at now as a country. We've achieved all this progress. We said, yo, okay, we weren't cool with it back then. We're cool with it now. Just want to let you know that we're cool. But now we have to just let the whole world know. And it's no longer, oh, it's just your sexuality. It's who you like. It's a personality trait. And we're going to get into that, how... Being a member of the LGBTQ plus community is a personality trait that people are putting on, attaching to themselves as an identity marker, and then utilizing for career ambition, social media, for validation that they get externally from other people. And it is actually creating a culture where young people in particular can view that with their own eyes, see how much attention is garnered from being a part of this minority group. We can discuss whether or not that's a minority group later. And then they go, oh, well, I'm going to do that too. Whether they're conscious of it or it's a subconscious uh, decision that they make, they make that same decision. Here is a funny one. Uh, this is just from Halo. I, I'm sure some of you are gamers and you are like, oh, I recognize that. Uh, this is the tweet and the little uh, animation they did with it. A Spartan's job is to fight all, uh, fight for all of humanity, composed of people from all walks of life. We're proud to stand by our LGBTQIA plus community and colleagues in celebrating hashtag pride. We're better together. I've never heard more gay jokes in my life 
than when I've been in a video game lobby. So I am very curious as to how the general demographic of a Halo and all of these different video game companies are taking to something like this. I feel like even if I just scrolled down in the comments, I would find some ridiculous trolling uh, that has happened. Yeah, I, I stand by that statement. You will never be more racially, sexually, uh, gender-based. You will never experience more assault <laughs> or at least verbal assault uh from those categories uh than you will in a video game lobby that is surrounded by like 13 year old boys who are calling you a uh, gay n-word <laughs> yeah that those lobbies are the absolute wild wild west of the digital age 100%. like it, chaos absolute chaos um yeah it's it's interesting because they actually just um halo came out with a recent series on paramount plus i believe it was um and and kind of destroyed what the uh lore and um original storyline was for the main character and i don't know i just feel like this is another layer that they're adding on top of it to continue to subvert expectations and chop the legs out from underneath um it's just yeah continuation Every single time. And it's like, you can count on it. I can sit here and be like, okay, June 1st is here. I'm going to log on to Twitter and I'm going to see all the rainbows. Also, go to the hashtag pride uh, trend on Twitter and just scroll through it for a little while. It's kind of strange. It is very strange. It There's like cartoon cats and dogs everywhere and like furry stuff all over it. And I'm sure, like we said before, that people who were part of sort of the the first frontier of the lgbtq movement of just like wanting acceptance wanting equal protection underneath under the law those people are watching and just grimacing at what is happening now and we happen to be uh, have like gay conservatives who who do content on the internet and stuff like that rob smith uh, amir odom is an example uh and they are watching this and going yo, I'm gay, but I don't want this. <laughs> like, I did not ask for this. I do not want to be associated with this community. In fact, I just want to distance myself as far as I possibly can because of the crazy stuff that is happening. And that is seemingly what is going to continue to happen. Here's the most insane of, of the ads that we've seen and uh, the pride posts that we've seen. This is from the United States Air Force. <laughs> Happy Pride Month. Uh, we are the best United States Air Force by leveraging the diverse backgrounds and strengths of each member of our total force. We are committed to making the hashtag Air Force a place where all can reach their full potential. Hashtag Pride. Hashtag Pride Month. And then we have our female <laughs> uh, Air Force member with... A splatter paint? I don't know, like rainbow hand. Oh, I guess we shouldn't gosh. assume that it's a female, though. We shouldn't. I apologize. <laughs> I could have possibly misgendered uh, this young them <laughs> in in this photo here. Uh, yeah, so this is fine and all. You can do what you want, but do you really think that other countries are going to look at the United States Air Force and be like, yup, I respect that. That is making me quake in my boots uh, because that looks awfully scary. A young woman, sorry, young woman with a rainbow hand saying hashtag celebrate pride. Because when I look at other people's military, I wonder how many gay people are in them. And that is what truly signals to me whether or not they're going to come at me with brute force, whether or not they are tactically efficient, 
uh, and whether or not they stand uh, in, in strength against other nations that might come and attack them. This is truly what signals to me that the United States Air Force is here to protect all American citizens. Unbelievable, guys. I just can't get it. And we've done videos on this in the past where we've watched ads that come out of the U.S. military, not not even uh, just our military, but like our FBI, our CIA has put out ads about how they are so concerned with how many LGBT people they hire and what the sexuality is of their agents and all this stuff. While when you look at the ads from other countries, from their military, from their intelligence agencies, it's like, we are strong and we will kill anybody who comes to attack our country and we will never back down and we represent uh, the pride of our nation and these are the strongest individuals who have ever touched our soil. And then you watch an American ad and it's like, hi, I'm Jennifer and I thought life was going to be so hard because I have two moms, but my two moms influenced me to join the Air Force. And now I'm in the Air Force and it's so cool. And also everybody else is gay too. Super cool. Yeah, it's the warping of language because that's what you were just describing and what you gave is yeah. the strong of today. That right. is strength uh, in, right. in today's day and age. Um, but also, I guess this is a rhetorical question, but um, at a certain point, doesn't this for the, the LGBTQ, all the things uh, <laughs> group, doesn't this become somewhat patronizing at a certain point? It has to, like, right? Yeah, it, it, every year, but it, it's almost every day every week every month is the same um and at right. a certain point yeah it has to become and that's how it was like for me like when i was growing up obviously a rural conservative area but there were leftists here and there and obviously i was really close to a left-leaning organization that i ended up working for and my mom worked for and all that fun stuff and constantly it was like we are so proud of you little black girl for doing the things that you're doing in america when it's so hard for you to achieve everything that you achieve i'm i'm honestly amazed that you can talk and read because of how racist america is and then you look around and you're like I'm leading a normal life. Why are you talking to me like that? Why are you acting like I am constantly a victim of something that is really not, I'm not experiencing? And I can only hope that what you're saying right now is the experience that people are having who identify with this group. Because I don't care how you feel about people's sexuality. I care about free thought or whatever. And the people who want to victimize you and just claim this victimhood status upon you because of who you like to sleep with or who you fall in love with, it should be patronizing. It sh you should look at that and go, ew, that's disgusting. And I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. And I feel like you think I am easy to manipulate because that is exactly what this is saying. These companies that put out their rainbow flag for the month of June and as soon as July 1st hits, they change their, their profile pic back to what it was before. They think that you are just a stupid consumer who goes, ooh, rainbow flag, here's my money. I must support, I must follow, I must subscribe. That's exactly how little they think of you. And it's true when it comes to gender. It's true when it comes to race. It's true when it comes to class. It's true when it comes to sexuality. Every single marker that you can think of that could possibly uh, superficially define you, they will take advantage of and tell you that you're a victim because of it. And it should not work. Don't let it work on you. Uh, now, Elon Musk tweeted this out. The, the meme lord, Mr. Musk, tweeted out, uh, June is almost here, and just shows all the different logos putting out their, their rainbow edition. Uh, 
which is just so true. And you guys will see it and you guys will screenshot it and we'll get the same joke that we get every single year where it's like the corporations in America and Europe, Australia, they're putting out their rainbow flags and stuff like that. And then you check their Middle East division and it's like, nope, stick in with the regular logo because we don't get down with that stuff. Also, some of us throw gay people off of buildings. And then they're like, oh, well, that's the same division of our corporation, but that doesn't represent our views, even though we have the market there and we're selling to them and we're totally fine virtue signaling here in America, but we won't do it over in the Middle East because they won't tolerate it and we want their money too. Uh, so it's going to happen cyclically every single year until we all just collectively decide, A, we're not going to fall for it, B, we don't care. And, and see, it's just ridiculous and that we can constantly just wait for the next year to make the same joke after joke after joke after joke. Now, let's talk about what I think is maybe the important discussion to have around this, because, again, I don't care if you are gay or if you are bisexual or whatever. Uh, I care about the broader implications of teaching this ideology to young children, how the debate around transgenderism has really affected our country in particular, as well as many, uh, you know, across the pond who are experiencing the same amount of divide that we're experiencing, may, maybe at a lesser degree. Maybe we're a step ahead of them and, and, they're, and they're slowly inching up to us, but they seem to be experiencing the same social issues as it pertains to gender and things like that. This is where I have qualms. I don't have qualms with these private companies coming out and saying, you know, we, it's June. We love gay people. We love bi people. We love trans people. I have an issue with those same corporations funding things like the Gender Cool Project that we touched on in this show, which essentially is an organization that goes to schools, kindergartens, and goes, hey, we want to give you a bunch of books about sex and gender confusion, and we want to throw this into your school and let your five-year-olds read it. That's where I start to have an issue. And if we get to a culture where something like sexuality is a personality trait and being confused about your gender is trendy and cool and gets you millions of followers and corporate America loves you and they sign brand deals with you, the broader implication of that is we're going to have a lot of very young, confused people who subscribe to this ideology, either uh, subconsciously or consciously, and have that have the full effects of whatever that means come into their lives. Now, let's talk about the full effects and what that can mean. This is a brilliant thread that did not get near as much attention as it deserves from Eric Kaufman. So let's give it some attention and talk about it on the show today. Uh, we're, we're not going to read all of this, but the LGBTQ share among young Americans tripled in the last decade to 21 percent. Trans and non-binary identification may be up as much as 1,000 percent in Sane. What does that say to you? Does that say to you that this is a totally naturally occurring uh, circumstance that we just haven't had our eyes open to? Or does it tell you that because we have pumped young people with these ideas and told them not only is this normal, but it's common and it could be happening to you right now. And I know you're young and malleable and you're feeling sad and depressed with all the things that's happening in the world. This could be your avenue out. And then all of a sudden these kids go, oh, yeah, I, I think I'm I think I'm confused. I think I'm non-binary. I think I'm actually a boy and not a girl. I think I'm gay. I think I'm bi. I think I'm trans. All of these different things. And now we're seeing this exponential uptick 
in young people going, yep, uh, and when surveyed, I don't know what gender I am and I am also gay. <laughs> and the data is showing links between that and other problems as well, which we will get to. Uh, let's talk about bisexuality. This is super trendy now. I'm sorry to all the maybe actual bisexuals who might be listening to this show, but your sexuality is super trendy right now. For example, uh, bisexuals are close to half of the LGBT total and predominantly female. Uh, but the GSS shows that the share of bisexual women with exclusively male partners in the previous five years increased from 13% from 2008 to 2010 to 55% in 2018 to 2021. What does that signal to you? It signals to me that in 2008, you had women identifying, the vast majority being women, identifying as bisexual, and 87% of those women actually were bisexual or at least experimented and dated women and dated men and went back and forth with all that. Now, you have a growing number of young females going, I'm bisexual, but still exclusively dating men, which really at that point, it doesn't matter. It's just a label. But if you're sowing the seeds of confusion around sexuality to young people, look what happens. They take it on as a trend. And it's like this amazing thing to be different and to be cool. And I actually experienced, am I going to say this? I'm going to say this in, 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 uh, in, honest, in all honesty. In high school, I was totally in the throes of just like going to pride parades and learning about LGBTQ plus people and talking, having all these conversations about how all sexuality is a spectrum and truly everybody's bisexual and everybody has attraction. And I was like 15 and going, oh my gosh, I'm bisexual. I'm, I'm a bisexual female. So much so that I even told people like, hey, I'm a bisexual female. Like that is the reality that I have. And now in retrospect, I just look back at it and go, well, no, I was exclusively attracted to guys, uh, had crushes on guys, have only ever dated men or been interested in dating men. But it was so trendy and so cool to go, guys, I'm so different and I have to come out of the closet. Oh my gosh. So embarrassing. I wonder how people are going to take it. Oh, you're going to take it with love and affirmation and affection and everybody's going to cheer me on and like all my social media and everything. And then you're like, I'm bisexual, guys. I got to come out of the closet. That's exactly what is happening here. And the data is showing that the women who are coming out as bisexual are the majority of them exclusively dating men. <laughs> and I was like, let me do a little field test of this. And I just want to check something real quick. And all I did was go to TikTok and type in the word bisexual into the search. Uh, do this at your own risk. And I just scrolled through and I was like, I bet a million bucks. I'm going to see a bunch of young, white, Gen Z females. And guys, look with your own eyes. What are you seeing? What are you seeing? Sprinkled in a, a few a few white boys in there, but by and large, young, white, Gen Z females. And that's that's just me who is not a researcher, just going and just typing a simple term in a platform that is primarily used by young people. And that's what you find. It goes to show that sexuality although it might come with this few small-minded people who come after you and, and give you the odd gay joke or whatever, is probably a good thing to have the label of. It probably gets you a lot of likes. And if you go and search through 
the these girls pages and look at their bios and things like that it's always like madeline she her bisexual gay flag trans flag bi flag whatever people are so proud to exude what is so superficial your sexuality is so superficial and they are so proud to showcase it and push it out to people which tells me that it's a trend. Now, what the interesting thing that I read here as far as transgenderism is related, it looks like we are in a downtrend of transgenderism, at least when compared to uh, 2020. Apparently, that was peak for uh, young people identifying as transgender. In 2020, uh, data collected on 57,000 undergraduates uh, shows that in 50 colleges sampled both years, the non-binary share dropped from 1.5% to 0.85%, a statistically significant decline. Um, and you can look at this here. It's seemingly dropping. I will see if that trend continues now with how, again, trendy it is and how much fame you can garner from getting it. I would venture to say, and I'm going to, dip my toe in the pool here and say it's a lot easier to identify as bisexual and take on that trend and get all the affirmation you get from that than it is to identify as trans. Because when you identify as trans, you got to start making real lifestyle changes, uh, really presenting yourself in a different way, having constant conversations about it. It's a much larger hurdle to jump over to get affirmation and validation and fame. Not saying that this, that's what everybody gets from it and that's what everybody is seeking from it, but I would imagine that much less people are dipping their toe in that pool because it's a big you kind of just have to dive in and start taking on a lifestyle with it. Yeah, the buy the buy trend, for lack of a better term, um, it has a lower cost yes. to it. But you get all of the benefits uh, societally um, and with all the Instagram likes and all that kind of stuff. Um, going back to that uh, that TikTok um, scroll that you did. Yeah, it was interesting because you did mention yeah there are uh, there were a handful or a swath of young white males. Mm -hmm. um, kind of harkening back to yesterday's discussion, it's like. <sighs> What's the easiest way to get attention, yeah. uh, especially for those who may not be the most popular or have the most attention at school and in the environment? Um, you know, this is just low hanging fruit, again, for a lack of a better term, um, yeah. to to gain those those points. Um, and, and it's just it's so sad to see that people are willing to sacrifice just to gain that that recognition. Right. It's yeah, it's one of the easiest thing that you can do. Like I said, I did it. <laughs> Insane to even think about. And I, I didn't even think about this until I like looked at what we were going to talk about today. And I was like, that is crazy. And it, what it shows you and why I like to have conversations on this show about just like trying to understand people who go through this and who do this is that nobody is immune to it. You are literally not immune. And we can all sit on our high horse and be like, I would never be indoctrinated. I would never be that stupid. I would never do something like that. You don't know that. You know, if you were raised in different circumstances or born in a different area or uh, part of a community where there was a different norm, yes, you would. You absolutely would be the person who would be doing this right now. So we take everything with sympathy, empathy, uh, but still talk to you like it actually is. Uh, these, this thread goes on to talk about the skewed numbers uh, amongst people who identify as LGBT. Here is how it sort of frames up politically in this graph. If, if you look here, these are, this is a graph of 
people under 30 who identify as heterosexual. The different uh, bars here represent different political ideologies. You've got conservative in this light blue, slightly conservative in the yellow. You've got moderate in the gray, slightly liberal in the orange, and liberal in the darker blue. And look at the liberal people who identify as heterosexual. Takes a little uptick in 2010. Goes down 2012, another uptick to 2016, and boom, between 2016 and 2021, when we are really in the throes of pride this, pride that, it's so hard to be, to identify as this, this, and that, suddenly they are all starting to identify as something other than heterosexual, to the tune of dropping from 88% being heterosexual to 66%, a 22% drop. Uh, of, of people identifying as heterosexual. And it goes with the victim culture. Not only is it trendy to have some sort of victimhood attached to you, but uh, it's it's applauded in, in, in more ways than, than we will probably ever know or understand. And when you look at this graphed out, you'll hear people say, well, it's because of acceptance. It's because we accept it more. It's because we're having the conversations more. But does acceptance and conversation create this much of a drastic change in the numbers here? And how how much more accepting have we become uh, between 2016 and 2021? Not that much more accepting culturally. It's been uh, pretty pretty standard. I'll tell you, when I was experiencing all that stuff about sexuality and learning about it and talking about it and working as an activist or whatever, that was in 2014, 2015. So there was a lot of cultural acceptance and people doing the work uh, behind the scenes and in, in front of the scenes because people on the left always like to be in, in front of the camera uh, happening then. So what has really so drastically changed in the past five years that it is affecting people of the liberal persuasion so much and it's it's insane and if you look at this here's another here's another uh, graph here the political aspect most imp is most important for white and college educated the data shows that a very liberal white female students who support the idea of shouting down a speaker to prevent them from speaking have around a seven in ten chance of being lgbt so when polled they asked female Young female white students, like, hey, would you go and protest a speaker who you disagree with? Absolutely, I'm pro that. Also, are you a member of the LGBTQ community? Absolutely, I am also pro that and a member. The links here are almost unmistakable. And you could say, there's a, there's a lot of ways you can interpret that. Of course, somebody who is part of the LGBTQ plus community is probably going to be more open, more progressive. And with that progressivism does come that idea that you shouldn't have to listen to people who you disagree with. So those go hand in hand. It, it doesn't mean, you know, you could have the chicken or the egg conversation for days in and days out about this and why this could be happening. But seven in 10 have a chance of being LGBT and also while also supporting having a speaker uh, being shouted out from a campus. And when I went to Winona State University, this is exactly what I experienced. And I wish I could pull up the video. I should have pulled it up and queued it for today's show. I went there to just give a speech about, hey, guys, this is my story. This is what I'm doing now and do Q&A. And 40, 50 plus students show up to protest. And if you look at the crowd and you go search that video on YouTube and you watch as I pan over the crowd, it's young, white, liberal, 
LGBT students, uh, females. And as I was speaking to them and saying like, well, she's here protesting me and they go, no, I identify as they, them right there on video. And that is putting a microscope to what these these trends are clearly showing. Yeah, it's uh, people are more susceptible to this uh, if they're low or excuse me, high in neuroticism and mm-hmm. low in um, what was it, agreeableness or uh, modesty. Right. Um, th- that's just a, a cooking example of, of a leftist ideologist. It is. And it just plays out exactly how you'd think it would. And and it's rough to hear. It's rough to hear the truth and to face it. And. I'm not doing it from a a basis of wanting to be discriminatory or take away anybody's rights. I'm simply pointing out what is true, Uh, both things that you can see with your own eyes and that are statistically uh, very self-evident. Here's one last graph that I want to point out. LGBTQ and the mental health crisis. Let's look at the link here. Uh, Derek Thompson shows that 44% of U.S. teens feel persistently sad or hopeless at baseline. That is horrific 44 percent of u.s teens feel persistently sad or hopeless but when you uh go in closer and look at teens who identify as lgbt that becomes 75 percent 75 percent and again you, you can do the chicken or the egg thing is it because that identification marker clearly links to sadness and hopelessness or is it because you're already feeling sad and hopeless so you're confused and then you identify as lgbt it it could be a million things that are fostering the current environment that we're living in but the numbers don't lie 75 percent of lgbt teens feel sad and hopeless and there's a distinct link between those identifications and what is now a mental health crisis but we as a society and with something that i take issue with have just decided to ignore that specifically when it comes to gender and transgenderism directly ignoring the ties between that and the mental health crisis in fact if you identify as transgender in today's day and age and say go on to play a female sport uh maybe swimming you get a segment on Good Morning America to defend your actions and to talk about how you are just being your true self and how there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. And to close out today's show, I wanted to react to Leah Thomas being on Good Morning America to defend being a biological male competing against females. Again, we can talk, you guys can talk about sexuality and how you feel about people who like the, diff- the same sex or a different sex or whatever. I like to talk about where it affects people. And for me, this stuff affects me and others when we're teaching this to children, teaching them about sexuality at an inappropriate age, teaching them about gender confusion at really, it's nearly always inappropriate, but distinctly at an inappropriate age. When we start changing our cultural norms, like saying anybody can use whatever bathroom they want and then allowing young women to be assaulted, which is happening in our country now. When we start saying that men can be women and thusly tell male inmates that they can identify as female and then go to female prison facilities, which we have seen happen. We've seen inmates become pregnant because of that. We've seen sexual assault occur because of that. We've seen instances like at Wee Spa here in Los Angeles where a man walks into Wee Spa and goes, hey, I'm a woman, can I go to the woman's section? And he goes and exposes himself to all the women and the girls there. And that is socially acceptable and virtually nothing came of that. So. I care about where it affects people. Another place where it affects people, specifically 
females is when biological males are allowed to enter female spaces and compete against them for their accolades and achievements. And here's Leah Thomas defending this on Good Morning America. Throughout the controversy, Thomas has largely remained quiet until now. I knew there would be scrutiny against me if I uh, competed as a woman. Um, I was prepared for that, but I also don't need anybody's permission to be um, myself and to, to do the sport that I love. No, you don't. You don't need anybody's permission to be yourself. Uh, and this really is not a failing when it comes to Leah Thomas. This is a big win for Leah Thomas. It's a failing when it comes to organizations like the NCAA who allowed this to happen and who said, you know, under our standards, this is totally okay, even though Leah Thomas is whooping the girls that he competes against by margins of like 30 seconds. It's insane how how vastly uh, advantaged Leah Thomas is in the water when compared to her biological female competitors. Unbelievable. So do I fault somebody uh, like Leah Thomas going, you know, I'm going to take advantage of that and I'm going to switch over here. And instead of being in the 524th position as a male swimmer, I'm going to be like number one against every single female that I compete against. And, and unless I fake losing like Leah Thomas did in a previous race. Uh, no. How can I fault them? Uh, it's purely beneficial to them, and these organizations have set them up for their success. What can you say? Let's continue Not on. Not much. Not much. You can't say much. Assigned male at birth, Thomas grew up in Austin, Texas, where she says she fell in love with swimming when she was just four. But as she grew, she says she felt increasingly disconnected to her body. I didn't feel like I was a boy. I, I was like, this isn't, this isn't me. This isn't who I am. Thomas earned a spot at her Ivy League dream school, UPenn, on the men's team. But by her sophomore year, she says her gender dysphoria left her depressed. And Also, I don't know if you guys watched when he was talking right there. The body language is certainly not there for whatever statement that was being true. I just didn't feel like I was uh, a, a boy uh, ever since I was growing up. I'm not going to say that this person in particular is lying. But the body language was certainly not there for that being a true statement. Suicidal. I was barely going to classes. I could really barely get out of bed. And I, I said, I can't, I can't live like this anymore. I want to be able to do things I enjoy. Even if it might cost me my swimming class. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's part of what kept me from transitioning for so long is I wasn't sure um, if I could um, <clears throat> continue swimming and doing the sport that I loved. Thomas began HRT, hormone replacement therapy, in May of her sophomore year, 2019. The mental and emotional changes actually happened <sighs> very quickly. I was feeling a lot better mentally. I was, I was less depressed and I lost muscle mass. I am so glad to hear that, that you started this process and it made you feel better mentally. By all means, uh, you can do whatever you want with your body. You are a grown man. You can do whatever you want. I don't know where, where I was going to go with that, but you're a grown man. You can do whatever you want with your body, and I'm so glad that made you feel better. Doesn't mean you get to get in the pool with uh, your female competitors and continue to compete against them. And Leah is going to go on in this video to say it was simply about affirming who I was and being true to myself, but you just said what held you back was not knowing whether or not you were going to be able to compete. So was it really about 
this uh, self-affirmation of who you actually are and finding who you actually are? Or was it about being able to compete against females? Let me know. I became a lot weaker and a lot, a lot slower in the water. After following NCAA guidelines of a year of hormone therapy to change gender categories, Thomas started her senior year on the women's team. Which is ridiculous. Again, this is where I go back. This is the NCAA's fault. Because a year of being on hormone therapy after you've already gone through puberty and are a biological grown man, that does not take away your substantial physical advantage over these young women. We're talking larger hands, larger feet, larger wingspan, larger lung capacity, larger bone density. All of these separate factors have made this a distinctly advantageous moment for Leah Thomas when competing against other female swimmers. And this is measurable. You uh, Measurable, if, if anything, with instruments, but with your own eyes. Like, look at Leah Thomas stand next to the female competitors that he's swimming against. It is so utterly clear. And that's not to say we should hinder people from having whatever identity they want and choosing to lead their life in whatever way they want. But when you have a distinct advantage against the people you're competing against, guess what? I'm so sorry. You don't get to compete. But what a wonderful world is it that you get to be everything else that you've ever wanted to be, according to your claim. You get to be a woman. You get to go through the hormone therapy. You get to go through medical transitioning. You get to do whatever it is that you want to do with your body without infringing on the lives of other people. How wonderfully beautiful is that? But that's not enough. It's not enough. And now you have people who are transgender activists, allies to the community, saying that somebody like Leah Thomas should be able to and should bear no criticism for competing against females. It's ridiculous. Like, come on. And it's not even... Like, people will get in the comments and say, well, that's so transphobic. What do you mean? <laughs> you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever it is that you want to do with your body, so long as you are a grown adult. You don't get to compete against females. That's literally it. That's not transphobic. That's just the honest truth. But her success in the water was met with outrage leading up to the NCAA championships. Her critics say she jumped in the rankings between the men's and the women's team. And there are oh, some really? who look Wonder at how the that data and suggest that you're enjoying a competitive advantage. What do you say to that? There's a lot of factors that go into a race and how... Look at that smile, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. There is... <laughs> There's so many factors that go into playing these. He knows. He knows! How well you do. And the biggest change for me is that I'm happy. And sophomore year, um, where I had my best times competing with the men, I was miserable. And so having that... By best times, we mean 524th place. Let me go ahead and put that. Best times, 524th place compared to first. Be lifted is incredibly relieving and allows me to put my all into training, into racing. Trans people don't transition for athletics. We transition to be happy and authentic and our true selves. Trans I'm totally like be happy, but not when it infringes on other people. And the the confidence for me, the audacity for me, the gall for me to sit in front of America 
and say, well, my happiness is more important than everything that those girls worked for. That is essentially what is said in that statement. Beautiful packaging and beautifully worded to make it sound like that's not what's being said. But what's being said is my happiness as an individual person is more important than the institution of the NCAA. It's more important than the careers that all of these young women have worked hard for. It's more important than any single female that I compete against uh, moving forward. It's more important than our established set of norms. It is more important than being fair. Cheating in order to be happy as an individual is more important than being fair and more important than stepping over all of the people that you compete against. Positioning to get an advantage is not something that ever factors into our decisions. You didn't transition all the to way. win more medals. No. Thomas quickly became a lightning rod. 16 of her own teammates and some of their parents wrote anonymous letters arguing Thomas posed a threat to women. Just look at him. I'm so, I, dude. <laughs> I can't. I feel like I am in a simulation. Like I feel like this is not reality and now that because I said I'm about to get like beamed up into actual reality. Because look at that. I'm sure this woman from from GMA, I'm sure she's wearing heels right now. Look at the towering individual that Leah Thomas is next to her. And I believe Leah Thomas is what, like 6'2"? Are you kidding me? I'm going to skip ahead because I'm sure there's more of this, but I want to get to the end. Yeah, uh, I, I have a feeling if you have arms like Kevin Durant, I think they would help you in the sport of swimming. Yeah, I just... I'm going out on a real on a limb here. Uh, I hope the limb doesn't break that I'm uh, that I that you're saying something like that. It's unbelievable. Okay, let's finish this up. Probably insufficient. There is this concept of the legacy effects of testosterone and that that can't ever be zero. Should that can't. eliminate or disqualify transgender women? Yes. I'm not a medical expert, but there is there's a lot of variation among cis uh female athletes there's you know what there's like okay oh my gosh you know where the variation doesn't exist being born in a male post-puberty body that's where variation doesn't exist i can look at all these biological females we're not going to call them cisgendered i don't agree with that word we can look at all the female swimmers the actual female swimmers and i can go and do all the medical tests that i want but the chromosomes are going to check out <laughs> and we're going to go Oh, well, as, as, as much as there's variation among you with strength and wingspan and lung capacity and all these things, all of you guys were born female. And you guys got all the advantages that came along with being born female. And then the person who didn't was born male and got those advantages as well. Except their advantages when it comes to athletics and sports far outweigh anything that you would have. That does not change. That variation does not change. So to look at biological females and goes, well, well there's a lot of variation among them too. So disingenuous. Cis women who are very tall and very muscular and have more testosterone than another cis woman. And should that then also disqualify them? In no, January, the NCAA updated its transgender athlete eligibility guidelines, saying each sports governing body could make their own rules. Later clarifying it wouldn't impose the new rules mid-season, clearing the way for Thomas to compete at the NCAAs. It was an incredible experience to be able to fulfill that personal goal and be at that meet, um, as well as competing as my authentic self was just such an amazing experience to have these these things that. 
And this is the wonder of it all. This is why this is so ingenious to have made these superficial identity markers like sexuality and gender and all this fun stuff to make them so prevalent. Because somebody can say that, and if you criticize that, it sounds like you are the worst person in the world. You don't want them to be happy. You don't want to live as their want them to live as their authentic self. Uh, no, I didn't say that. I just said you can't beat out females. And I bet it was a super joyous moment to get out of the water and literally wait for 30 seconds while the other female swimmers continued to swim and continued to do their laps. I bet that was a glorious moment to sit there and be like, I'm so glad I was the first person to do this and that I got this idea first and I, it's working for me. And now I'm super famous and winning all these medals and is even going to talk about going to the Olympics. I'm going to finish this up and then we're done. <laughs> working towards for so long all, to, all come, come together. Are there Olympics in your future? It's been a goal of mine to, to swim at Olympic trials for, for a very long time. And I, I would love to see that through. So no care, no care for the advantage, no care for the cheating, no care for the female competitors who work their entire lives to get where they get and then a male comes and is able to compete with them. Uh, no care for all of that. In fact, we're going to the Olympics, baby. Where are the, where are the five rings, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, you can't make it up anymore. And it's literally being thrown in your face. My happiness is more important than fairness. My happiness is more important than reality. My happiness is more important than anybody, anybody who works for anything in their life because I decided I wanted to do this and I decided my advantage didn't matter. Uh, so that's where we're at. So happy Pride Month. <laughs> it is June 1st. We got uh, 30 days of this to come ahead. And as I said before, I don't care who you go to bed with at the end of the day. I care when you infringe on our rights. I care when you start teaching children things they shouldn't learn. And I care when young women are put in harm's way uh, for the sake of ideological towing of the line. That is what I care about. That's what we should all care about. Uh, and let me know. Is there anything you wish I discussed uh, about Pride Month that I didn't get to? I put out a community post earlier today about two or three hours ago that said Pride Month is here, I guess. Do you think we should have a Pride Month at all? You guys voted 7,800 of you guys voted. 81% of you saying no, it's not necessary. 5% saying yeah, why not? And 15% saying either way, I don't so that's where we're at. And you guys can go and read the comments on them. There are some very interesting comments. You guys get very active in letting me know what your opinion is. And people go through and like to, to put the best ones out there. So go check it out on the community post. Go vote if you haven't voted yet, because I'd love to see where we end up landing in the next 24 hours. And leave a comment down below about your thoughts on Pride Month. Uh, where do you draw the line when it comes to this sort of ideology? Where are your boundaries that you don't want people to step into? I'm curious to hear it. And how do you feel about Leah Thomas heading, or at least setting uh, his eyes on the Olympics? I will see you guys tomorrow at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Please like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every time we go live and every time we put up a new video for you guys. Also, if you want to listen to us, go to Google Play, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review on all of those apps as well because we're trying to boost our podcast downloads. You don't always have to watch my face, even though I hope you guys enjoy it. <laughs> you guys can listen to it instead. And I'll be back tomorrow with a fresh hot topic and some hot takes. See you then. Bye, guys. Peace.